and we're back with uh, episode 24, Milk and Screens with Kyle and Jacob. We said a couple episodes we were going to start introing it with the actual name, including our names in it, and then we didn't do that again. So I'm bringing it back. I'm Kyle. I'm Jacob. For real this time. And I have a thing. I need to talk about something before we go to the main part of the thing we're going to talk about that leads into the real main part. What a dink. Because we did the same thing last episode. We had like a, a little section before we started where we kind of talked about something and then we went to the main part. I think we did that for like 23 episodes straight. Well, yes, but this time like we had – you and I talked and we said we're going to talk about this specific thing right. which actually leads into the main subject. Correct. I'm going to have something else that's going to then go into that which has nothing to do Whoa. with the real thing we're going to do. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you We're going to have two like subtitles. Like if this was an essay, it would be like two like – introductory paragraphs and then we have the body and then the conclusion yes correct i don't know how my i don't know how the viewers and listeners are going to handle that i just need to i just need to let out some frustration okay you know what we can we can probably squeeze it in (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know i don't know how frustrated it's going to make you and you might have seen this i don't know how much you're going to care i honestly can't really gauge you might really hate it or might be neutral i can't tell but it bugs the crap out of me well I'm, i'm i'm game so there's a nugget have you seen this nugget that's been circulating Twitter? This mm-hmm. Among Us nugget. Someone went to McDonald's at some point, oh, no. and there was this Among Us shaped nugget that they got that has been. It was been. It was on eBay, and like the asking price was like fifteen thousand dollars or yeah. something for this Among Us shaped nugget. Okay. It got sold. Not at fifteen thousand dollars. Okay. And not at twenty thousand dollars. Okay. And not at thirty thousand dollars. Right. I see where this is going. This nugget sold for four hundred no forty two thousand a hundred thousand dollars. They didn't make it a sex number or a weed number. No, That's somebody even worse. That's somebody somebody bought this nugget for one hundred thousand American USD dollars. Okay, how does betting not betting? How does um like bartering work on eBay? Do you have to have the money in your bank account, or is it just like? Let you ask whatever number because if, if that's the case, people sell stuff all the time for that much money, and I guarantee you, people don't actually pay for it and they end up getting like a refund. So most of the time, um, if it's not, I, I mean, I've never dealt with something nearly that expensive on eBay, but I imagine as the seller, you would have to, you would have to, you would have, you have to be asking for proof of funds or eBay or you. I think I believe you as a seller can set it up to where you put some amount of money into the bid that you're making. So that when you buy it, that money is automatically taken and put to the seller if you win that bid. And this is a McDonald's nugget? This is, I believe, a McDonald's nugget. Because that doesn't make any sense because the McDonald's nuggets only come in four shapes. How is this possible? Did they just sell, like, is, is it a bow tie nugget that just kind of looks like Among Us? Here, let me find the nugget real quick. Because this is piquing my interest just because I know the four nugget shapes. It's boot, bow tie, um... Let me find the nugget because this and is. And I'll look up the four the four nugget shapes. Four. McDonald's. Um. Yes, a chicken McNugget. Okay, it sold for ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety seven dollars on eBay. There's no way. Um. The lucky seller, the guy who sold it. Guess what he originally listed the price as? Like sixteen bucks. Ninety nine cents. <laughs> he had put it on no there. No way. He had put it on there for ninety nine cents. And then people were like, oh, nice meme. Let me buy this nugget. Can you, and then can, can I see the picture of the nugget? Yeah, here it is. That's a chicken McNugget. 
that looks like a Mugus. That's how is that a McNugget though? That's why I'm so confused. Because are, well, I I know the four shapes you're talking about, but this is a this is just yeah, a chicken McNugget. So maybe I guess the closest thing it could be would be a bone, because we got bell bone boot and ball. Ball is literally just a a, a circular shape. I guess it could be a bone, and it's got like a... Something weird just happened to it. Yeah. So it looks like a moogus. It looks like a moogus, which, for those, maybe you don't know, Among Us, Among Us? Yeah, Among Us, it's a it's a game you can play on mobile I'm or sure PC. I'm sure you guys know what you Among have, Us is. If you don't know what it is, I don't... It's, it's, it's just a lie to your friend's game. You know, there are traitors and innocent people, and you want to live. And it's very, very popular, right? Like, just in... In meme culture, because yes. of, of how blown up it was, it got it blew up a lot last year, and it's still very popular with a lot of creators. Um, but point being, imagine being this guy, this uh, this seller whose name on eBay is uh, Polizna. Can you imagine if like next week McDonald's is like rolling out Among Us nuggets and like, <laughs> they're, they're intrinsically worthless because there's just millions <laughs> of them being made, but someone some restaurant got it early. I have I have to say though. If I was at McDonald's, right, and I ordered nuggets, and I'm sitting with my friends and or family, and I'm pulling out nuggets, the most that would happen, I would pull that out and be like, huh, guys, look, kind of looks like a Mungus character. And they would be like, oh, cool. And then I would eat it. If it looked like Patrick Starr, that's what I would say. <laughs> but if it looked like a Mungus, I was like, wait, this is a meme. I, I have to capitalize on this. And this is this is something that's interesting because there have been multiple food items that have those kinds of pictures and stuff like that in them and it sell for that much money like the picture of jesus and that dorito do you remember that, that yeah one? i remember that one um there's or the darth like the darth vader one yeah so that really doesn't surprise me people will buy that stuff a hundred thousand dollars dude i'm not surprised for a chicken mcnugget that looks like an among us character here's the question i even understand more the darth vader thing because star wars is so long lasting among us is not that long lasting among us is forever <laughs> in five years no one's going to care that he has that nugget or she whoever bought this nugget no one's going to care that they have this nugget how much would you pay for the among us nugget zero dollars if i was in mcdonald's and someone was like yeah, i got an among us nugget look at it i would take it and i'd be like oh cool and then i would give it back to them because i would just assume they're going to eat it i'd pay like 30 dollars for an among us nugget why <laughs> why for the novelty for what for the novel meme. what novelty you're gonna put it in a glass case yes. in your future home I get you the and every single guest that comes over you'll be like look at my prize collection of garbage useless worthless <laughs> nonsense including an among I us wonder mcnugget if, i wonder if it's the same guy who has like the darth vader chip who bought the he among just us has this fast <laughs> food collection of, of food with Faces in it, or like you know, food that looks weird. I guarantee you, it's probably the same guy. You that know would what? be hilarious. And he, he kept the bidding going up. He was like, "No, I'm getting this Among Us nugget, no matter what." What does this guy do for a living? Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> but it's an anonymous guy, and he lives in Minnesota. I guarantee it. That's so funny, dude. I I absolutely love that. I hate it so no, much. You, you just hate it because you don't get the meme, Kyle. I get the meme. And honestly, props to the dude who did sell it. Yeah. Get the bag. He did nothing wrong. Get, get the bag. You know, I wouldn't have crossed my mind to go sell it on eBay, but props to that dude. Yeah. But Among Us. But <laughs> I am fully just sour at the dude who actually bought it and the 184 people that were bidding on it in the first place. That's crazy. I don't know who's on eBay anymore. Like, I, I don't think about that. I only think about Amazon, so. I'm on eBay whenever I want some more disc golf discs because people will sell some used ones for pretty cheap on there. 
and it's you can get a good lot for a decent price. But that's the only time I'm ever on eBay. I'm not there for nuggets. <laughs> when he said nugget, I was like, a nugget of what? Like, nickel? Yeah, a nugget of chicken. <laughs> All right, that's that's a that's a nice little icebreaker. Uh, current events, I, I love I love you know <laughs> having you be keeping up with that. I appreciate it. You know you know you know what I th- I showed you because I found it. I had seen the nugget and then the official tweet this morning that was like this nugget has sold for this much money. You know who posted that tweet? IGN. IGN. Yeah. Why? <laughs> They're the game guys. They make the they, they uh talk about games. I wonder if they reviewed Among Us. Like, how do you review <laughs> Among Us? I I feel like they have to they have had, had yeah. they had to have had to do that by now. <laughs> but I love how they were the ones like technically that this piece of news really doesn't have anything to do with games other than the fact that the nugget is Among Us it's shaped. Among Us. <laughs> but because it was Among Us shaped, they were like, oh, yeah, let's get in on and this. I can tell you right now, McDonald's is most definitely going to capitalize on it. When I first said it, it looked like a Burger King nugget, not a McDonald's nugget. Like, Maybe that's what happened. Like I don't, I do not think that's a McDonald's nugget. Well, it says chicken that, McNugget. So. I think that's the story. Not that it's a manga shaped. It's the wrong nugget. IGN is spreading misinformation, and I'm, I won't have it. I'm pretty sure it's listed listed on eBay as McNugget shaped like Among Us. Let me see that picture again. It's got to be a BK nugget. It's, there's no way. Because there's four shapes. That looks like a McDonald's nugget to me. That does not look like a BK nugget. The way that's breaded and its color. Okay, I thought I saw pepper on there, but I, I'm clearly wrong. Yeah, that looks like a McNugget to me. I guess. He's missing the backpack, though. He needs the backpack. Yeah, it does need the backpack, but, I mean, how lucky can you get? I mean, yeah. how much more would it have sold for if it had a backpack on? Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. What if it was cyan colored? <laughs> yeah, what if it said the word sus on the nugget? How much more would it have sold sus for? Sus nugget. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get off nuggets and move on to... $100,000 nugget. It makes me so mad. It makes me happy. The world spins, Kyle. I'm happy for the guy that sold it again. Yes. I mean... Props to you, dude. Get it. He's set for a good couple of years. Yeah. I mean, if, heck. You know, depending on his spending habits. And Imagine his- if he's like... In college, like down in his life. <laughs> Spends his last $5 buying nuggets. He comes home on like the worst day of his life. He was like, oh, I found this Among Us McDonald's nugget. I just... Among Us. I might have to drop out next year. And then he gets $100,000 and he was like, I'm staying, boys. <laughs> yeah, I made it. I made it. You get a job? No. Thanks, Among Us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to talk about comedy. Comedy. Today. Um, I think this is something that me and Kyle are both pretty passionate about. Very much so. Um, and hence I, the fact that this podcast exists. Yeah. Um, I like to think of us as uh, aspiring or amateur comedians. Um, we really try hard to be funny, and I, I especially try hard to be funny, and sometimes it just completely misses. Mm-hmm. I just noticed about myself. Yeah, I know uh, that, that that happens with me pretty frequently, depending on the people I'm around. There are some people, it depends on how long I've known them, but there are some people I just know exactly what the situation always calls for for a laugh because of the amount of time I've known them. For sure. With other people, you know, I I be my normal self and sometimes that doesn't hit as well. And I'm like, I'm not going to change myself, but I'll change how I would have said the joke. There is is a couple people in this world that I can just count on to laugh at me. And that's probably, I mean, you and like Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Yeah, I think yeah, that was kind of. <laughs> um, but like, 
I can tell sometimes when you're just giving me a, a pity laugh, and I just I thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just like. I feel like you need to tell me when I'm not being funny. <laughs> I don't just, I'll just think I'm the funniest guy in the world, and then I'll go out and say the same joke to someone else, and be like, "What?" Well, like, I mean, I'm just joking. Most of the, I, I would say, so, obviously, sometimes I feel like it happens with both of us that we give each other pity laughs. But I also think that's going to happen regardless, because there's sometimes, like you and I, like I feel like you and I have a couple just things that we do that it's only funny to us, and yeah. then when we do it, like, and genuinely funny to us, it is. and then it happens outside of this apartment. And it's not funny to anybody else. We're like, ah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I do think we have like some inside jokes and it's like some inside comedy, like between the two of us, that just makes us laugh whenever right. we do it. Like we do, like whenever we're knocking on each other's doors, we do bits. Like we'll sing like an entire song, like on the opposing side of the road. Like they're just knocking. We can't just knock on each other's doors without making a bit out of it. We have to. We have to go into character somehow. Yeah. Like. We'll, we'll like scream as the father waiting for son to come out and get his dinner. Yeah. Or we, or we'll just sing Hamilton. Like yeah. we'll just like knock on the door or we'll do, uh, and it, it seems like every time when we do that bit, we always end up doing it as not always, but we always find a different way to do the bit as well. Yeah. Like sometimes you knock on the door, you'll be, pardon me, I want both. I <laughs> and we say it in the weirdest voices just because that's the way it came off that time yeah um we also just because we watch so much youtube and i think it's partly because of me just because i, I absolutely love youtube mm. we'll just quote random youtube videos to each other <laughs> as we're just doing things around the house i i say all this to say we both love watching comedians we both love like absorbing comedy mm. and i feel like we can talk about it extensively Mm. Um, but the main reason I think we probably were, this was on the mind this week was because of a recent special that just came out um, called Inside by Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. <sighs> um, and Lordy, did it kick butt? Yes, we I, I, we love Bo Burnham in this house. I've loved Bo Burnham for a while. Um, shout out to my my ex Jessica for introducing me to Bo Burnham because his comedy is amazing, and and I I don't know what I would. What I would, uh, I probably would be a different person a little bit if I'd never been introduced to his comedy. Right. Um, he's such a special comedian. He basically came up on YouTube in the on the coattails of this booming um, social like social media website, for lack of a better word, um, and made a name for himself when he was like 16 years old, making comedy videos on YouTube and and, and parodies and sketches, and then became a stand-up comedian but would do the exact something completely different on stage um also he's a, a beacon for uh mental health awareness and mental health issues um in fact he actually quit comedy in like 2016 or 2017 16 yeah um because he was having so much anxiety on stage um would go into full-blown panic attacks on stage and his comedy is so um reliant on timing and voiceover and music that he would have to continue doing the show while he's having a panic attack. And I can't imagine as someone who has had panic attacks in the, in the past, how difficult that would be. And um, he has to do it because of how pivotal every single bit of his is on timing. Yeah. He has to do it the exact same way every time. Like everything has to be perfectly blocked for every show that he does. Like there's not a lot of room in any of his set and any of his sets for, a whole lot of mistakes, which can be panic attack inducing. Yeah. 
Um, and all that combined just made him say, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't enjoy doing it. And he obviously just felt awful because um, he has a humongous, enormous fan base of just young people who look up to him because in a way he's kind of morphed comedy, um, especially like internet humor mm-hmm. um, with a lot of his stuff. I, I just, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, there are people who try their absolute darndest to mimic him and have been trying for a decade and they can't even become close because he is that incredible. Yeah. Um, if you haven't watched any of his specials, I would recommend watching them all. They're all on Netflix and a few of them are on YouTube. The yeah, full the, fir- special. the first two, the full length ones are on YouTube. Um, but this one was very different. Um, in the beginning of 2020, basically, he was deciding to come back. He was in a good mental health state and he was so excited to get back into it. And then the pandemic happened. Um, I'm assuming he probably lives in California. That would make sense to me. Right. He's, um, you know, director and stuff like that. So. He was probably locked up for an entire year because California had some of the strictest lockdown procedures. And um, he decided to continue writing and film the entire special inside his house or in his living room, essentially. Um, yeah, whatever that building was. It's got to be like a, 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 an outside room or like a, a, a. It seems like a sing. It seems like a singular room outhouse. Like, a, like, a, like a guest house. Because like, because like, yeah. you know, you, you kind of see it in there. Like he pulls, he he pulls the couch out into a bed like it seems like it's just kind of that room that you see it's kind of it looks like it's just that and maybe another side space yeah i don't know but it's almost like a fancy storage room regardless one room like couple cameras some lighting a piano and himself um and you see him go through an entire year plus of writing and um performing to no one no one's laughing it's just him and he's so creative and special um, it's very existential. Um, it's very different, emotional, and I just absolutely loved it. It's captivating. Yeah, it's. I mean, you'll see it. You'll if you're on Twitter, you've kind of seen it all over the place. Is that everyone just keeps saying or it's so TikTok. much more than? Oh yeah, my gosh, everyone just keeps TikTok. saying it's so much more than a comedy special, and it really is because there are a lot of places that it hits you pretty hard. Like it, like it makes you feel. Just kind of what he's feeling in mm-hmm. the moment. It's just kind of it. It does its best to make you understand even the slightest bit of kind of how he he's feeling in the moment, and maybe how you know you yourself were feeling throughout quarantine. It just kind of brings that back to hit you. Yeah. Um. It's also hilarious. It's um, also hilarious. It's um, so funny. So, I highly recommend watching it, and that's just kind of what's been on our our mind. I think for the past couple of days is kind of like comedy in general. We do laugh at a lot of the same things like we've just been talking about, yeah. but I do feel like we differ in a oh, lot of ways. Oh, we 100% do. Like, I feel like there's sometimes where I'm watching something and you're just like cringing in the Yeah, corner. I'll watch. I, I can't even think of anything specific, but I, for the most part, super crude humor has never been really my thing. So that's why I've never been the biggest fan of someone like Dave Chappelle. There are some bits of his that I find really funny just because they're it's a story that he's told very well and it's really funny, but sometimes Mm -hmm. kind of like the crux of his story is just something very crude. And then that stuff just doesn't really make me laugh so much, but you'll be dying laughing. So can I tell you, um, there, uh, from people who study comedy, there are nine genres. Have you looked at this at all? No, no. So I I was just kind of curious because I know that people have talked about one of these before specifically. Um, and I know that I generally don't like it. Um, but I kind of want to go through them because 
I was just kind of reading up on it today and on my break at work, and then I, I pulled it up again, just kind of reading through it. Um, so there are nine genres of comedy or okay. humor, if you, if they want to call it that. Um, awkward comedy. Yeah. I'm just going to just read through them real quick. Um, dry slash sarcastic, clever slash quick-witted, obscure or slash absurd comedy, um, black slash dark comedy, mm-hmm. uh, raunchy slash blue comedy, campy slash cheesy comedy, friendly comedy, and goofy slash slapstick, slapstick yeah. comedy. I was waiting for that one. I was yeah. like, that's the, the most popular one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I I would say, yeah, a lot of the comedians I f- tend to like are dark comedians slash raunchy comedians. Um, and I think that's for good reason. I feel, I feel like since I was so incredibly, um, I guess sheltered, if you want to call it that yeah. for a lot of my life, I've always been drawn to that kind of humor. Um, and I think the shock factor of it kind of does something to me. Right. Um, but I, I know there have been times where I like show you something that I'm just head like tear jerkingly laughing about. And you're just like, that don't show me that ever again, Jacob. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, sorry, I guess not. Like, I don't know how you can't find that funny, but I, I don't know. Um, the one I was saying that I don't like, and I know you're gonna know what it is immediately, is awkward comedy. Right. Um, I I can't stand awkward comedy. Really it makes me so angry. Um, does it just does it just make you too awkward inside? Like you just can't watch? No. Um, it lacks so much creativity. Um, mm. it is the same joke over and over and over again. It's, oh boy, these people don't know how to talk to each other. And, oh boy, this guy can't land a joke and there's no laughter. It's that, oh, it, it, these kinds of shows like The Office and Parks and Rec and like those kinds of shows. I think there are people who act in those shows that are funny. And uh, there are obviously moments where I'll chuckle, but it is the same joke for nine seasons of those shows. It's, mm. it's, it's. I mean, just, I'm just being honest, and and I I think there is a charm to them. I think obviously there's a audience for them. People love watching those shows. To me, that is not the best type of comedy. I would I would rank that in the very bottom. I would rank that above slapstick. Like, and pe- people people crap on slapstick all the time because that's another form of comedy that's very repetitive. Yep. You know, guy in pain. You know, guy in pain again. <laughs> like, but I mean, anyone that's like, oh, slapstick comedy stu- sucks. Well, like, well, would really laugh if you like were skateboarding and it slid out from you and hit your balls on a rail. They'd laugh because that's funny to watch. That's the same thing. It just when it's in a natural state, people find it funnier than when people do it on purpose. Yeah, I I think that's a bit of it too. Um, because there are there are people who do awkward comedy really bad, and that's even worse for me. That's even more cringy. Like, there's an extra layer on there. Um, but even when it's done correctly, like in The Office or Curb Your Enthusiasm, I I, I think sometimes that it's not. Like I said, it's not my favorite. Um, I do love absurd comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a pretty massive fan. And I think Bo Burnham kind of toes the line between absurd and uh, dark. I mean, obviously. he's. I think I th- I would say he's more of a mix between dark and clever. Yeah. I, he's 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 fairly absurd, but he's kind of jumbled them all together, hasn't he, he? He jumbles a lot of it together, but he's very and he he's joked about it a lot before. Is that he's very he's a very clever and smart person, and he needs constantly to prove to you that he is a smart person, and then he he makes fun of himself for needing to prove that to you 
because he needs to prove that he's smart. And when he's obviously smart in the first place. One of my favorite quick-witted comics is Robin Williams. I, I would consider him to be clever and quick-witted. Yeah. Um, jokes coming at you a mile a minute. Just, you know. Blah, 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 blah. That's why I like Dimitri Martin. Dimitri Martin. Dimitri yeah. Martin does not tell stories when he does stand-up bits and tell them hilariously. He just tells jokes. Uh, he's very dry, too. Yes, he's very dry and quick-witted, and I think that's a really good combo, especially when he's dry and quick-witted while he's playing acoustic guitar. I just yeah. think it's the funniest thing. Um, But one of the ones that I absolutely love, um, a comedian that I've, in the last year, basically, I've just been head over heels for, head over heels for um, who would be considered obscure, obviously, is Eric Andre. Mm -hmm. I cannot talk about Eric Andre enough. He is absolutely incredible. I, and I would say absurd is probably one of the most like slept on genres of comedy. Uh, it's pretty recently like coming to the fruit, like the front of the, I don't know how to describe it. It's recently come about like, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the zeitgeist now. Yes. Um, he's just so funny and I love random things and things that are truly random, not la random. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> like, like things that are truly just out of this world, random that are just funny. And obviously he also is very, um, crude, <laughs> very, yes. crude and very, 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 that's why he's kind of, he toes the line for me. Like at any time that he gets really absurd, just kind of out of nowhere. Those are really funny to me, but anytime he's super crude, it's just not my scene. But I don't know what. What would you consider your favorite? Like what? Like I. I think you're an awkward comedy guy. I think that's. Your I thing. mean, I. I wouldn't say that's my thing. I like awkward comedy, um, but I don't. I don't. I don't really. I just give me the nine genres again because that was so much being thrown at me. <laughs> you're good. Um, awkward. Mm -hmm. Um, sorry, just making sure that's right. Dry, sarcastic. Clever, quick-witted. Everyone loves sarcastic humor. We're all sarcastic. I think sarcastic is pretty, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Unanimous. Universal. Universal. That's the idea. Um, I I feel like in my personal life, when when I am when I am being funny around people, I think sarcasm is a thing that I lean on probably the hardest. Yeah, I would say that. I think that's probably lean on hardest because most of the time where my comedy stems from is somebody saying something obviously incorrect and then me just mocking them for it. Yeah. But in a way that's not putting them down, in a way that's just like, let's realize that you are incorrect and then fix the sentence that you just said. Right. Um, I'm just kind of reading this paragraph. Um, satire would be in this category too. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty pretty obvious because satire doesn't really fit anywhere else yeah. in these nine. Um, clever, quick-witted, obscure, absurd, black slash dark, uh, raunchy slash blue. I also love dark comedy. Um, yeah, I, I am, I'm a fan of dark comedy every now and then because um, people, and that was some, that was something I had written down. I feel like dark comedy can only exist for certain things after a certain period of time has passed. Like, I think I talked about it last time when we were talking about death stuff, but like me and my siblings will make dead dad jokes on account of the fact that our father passed away yeah. a while back. Obviously we wouldn't have done that, you know, a year after he passed, but that's just kind of something we do now. Or like people make jokes about nine 11, which 
I don't do. That feels very, very weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's that's something people do, and that's very dark humor that people love. Yeah, I think a lot of it with dark humor just comes from a place of um, either mourning or like reconciliation. I think that's some people's way of rec- reconciling with things that have happened is laughing. Yeah. Um, some people, like our old theater teacher, like go to funerals and laugh. Um, because that's just the way they reconcile. Um, yeah, her whole like anytime she was sad, he, like she was one of those la- she was one of those laugh criers. So like she was gonna cry, she was laughing hysterically. Yeah, it was very uh, weird. Yeah, very bizarre. But that's just I think that's just the way some people reconcile. Yeah, and, and I don't think it's a bad thing. No. Um, I, I think I think one of the com- com- like the types of comedy or humor that really get people riled up and mad is dark comedy and raunchy comedy. I think yeah. I think those are like the two big ones that everyone's like, you can't make joke about that. Yeah, and we're gonna, I think we're gonna talk about that in a little bit too. Okay, like can you make joke about that? You know. Okay. Uh, campy slash cheesy. This is I think could go directly into awkward and it wouldn't bother me. If they said eight types and this was comp- included, I would say that. Right. Like, like they have a picture here. Um, That's just the pun category. The pun category. This there's a picture here that says, uh, it's a, you know those um signs that have like the black letters that you can write like on a restaurant you know like yeah you know, yeah yeah, yeah. kind of like a marquee sign yeah it says ban pre-shredded cheese make america great again god like, i hate it so much you're just cringing so you might as well just put it in the cringe comedy yeah. you know what i mean like that's like if i ever make a pun i'm not trying to make you laugh i'm trying to make you cringe right and i feel like it's the same thing as awkward comedy i don't know it's kind of weird friendly comedy it's like family humor right and then Goofy and slapstick. Yeah, see, I I mean, I'm also a big fan of Goofy and slapstick. I like Goofy comedy, but it's definitely not my favorite. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because it feels a lot of times when I'm looking at comedy, like whether it's a special or a like a TV show. I think I think most of the time what I'm looking for is something at least semi cleverly written. Yeah, to where the joke isn't like. Ah, here's a joke that I'm making to make the other people laugh. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I mean, I do like that kind of joke, which is why I really like Friends, depending on how it's done. Because Chandler's character is very specifically, someone did something and he is specifically saying something to elicit a laugh out of the other people. Where a lot of the other characters, the parts of them that uh, that are being funny, they're not specifically saying something funny that is a joke to get a laugh out of other people. Their character is just... Their character is just funny, and that's the way they say things. But then, in something like The Office, I'm looking for I like I'm looking for like Steve Carell's character, Michael Scott. I'm looking for him to say something, not because he wants it to be funny, but because that the way his character is is just real stupid, and the way that things are written are very clever, and that makes it funny. Like right. a, a very obvious or a very famous one is when he says, "I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious." I think that's really I think that's really funny, and it wasn't his character trying to be funny that was just who his character is and the way it was written and presented is really funny and i find that clever which that i the way that it's portrayed i don't think falls under the clever comedy category but that's kind of where i'm looking for really good comedy is things that are cleverly written and said for a specific character or setup that's what that that's the kind of the main thing i look for in comedy hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Um, so, like, you like things to be written, but not seem written. 
yes, that's a, as a general blanket statement. Yeah, I, I would I would you say want that. things to be natural. But if they're too natural, they're not funny. Yeah, I think it's a general blanket statement. Yeah. Obviously, everything has exceptions, but I think it's a general yeah. blanket statement. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Like, for example, like obviously there are scenes of The Office that are funny that I kind of you know I'll, uh-huh. I'll chuckle at. Um, obviously, but as a whole, I can't watch more than a couple episodes of The Office without turning it off because it's just so boring to me. Again, I I, I feel like it is. And, and I think slapstick is the same, but I will say this article kind of puts it into a spin that I kind of agree with. Slapstick is almost the most universal. Oh yeah, I was I was gonna say that it's kind of it makes babies and the elderly laugh. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like if it's done well, it's perfect. And it's kind of it's brought about the most some of the most iconic comedic scenes and groups of all time. Yeah, you know, like uh, Three Stooges, for instance. Of course, yeah. Is one of, uh, any any kids show or like Tom and Jerry. Yeah, that's, I mean that that's the whole the whole bit, and I get I guess it, you know, it's not for everybody. I no. also I also like to think you know while I while I'm watching comedy too. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of why people I like people like Dave Chappelle or Bo Burnham or, you know. That's why I love Demetri Martin. Some his his comedy is very clever, and if you don't like, if there are certain things you're not aware of or just certain words that you don't know what they mean, then the comedy doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Or if there's just not a certain brain space that you can take up, then there are just certain comedians that just won't make any sense to you. Oh, also, if you're not, like, yelling, you're not funny. (laughs) I don't know why, but if you yell, you're automatically funnier to me. I don't know why. You have to be loud. I don't know why that's the thing for me, but if someone's just screaming, I just start laughing. They're so good. Who was the guy that ended up playing the mom in Hairspray on Broadway? Uh, John Panette. Thank you. I was trying to remember his name yesterday, and I couldn't. John Panette. He's one of those guys. His whole thing is just screaming fat while guy, he tells stories. Fat guy yelling. The it's best. just the best thing ever. It's so funny. God, rest in peace. Love that guy. That's um, he's, he's one of the funniest. And, like, Brian Regan is a prime example. A lot of his comedy is, like, he gets to a punchline, and the punchline has to involve him screaming. That's how a lot of it happens, and that's those are when his best jokes happen. Is when he's got to scream to finish the joke. Those are the best. Yes, and I I do think there are people who maybe will use more subtle uh, speaking tones or finish up a joke while whispering or like you know. It, obviously, there's moments for that. I think Brian Brian Regan, um, Jimmy Gaffigan. Jimmy Gaffigan. I was gonna a good say, example. Yeah, I was gonna say that. a lot of his jokes. The way they end is that like high pitched voice that he does. And like this yeah. guy again. <laughs> yeah, um, gotta love Jimmy Gaffigan. I think he would kind of go into family comedy in a sense. Well, he had a TV show for a little bit there, didn't he? Yeah, which was kind of family comedy oriented because it was about his him and his family. Yeah, as far as I remember, I didn't watch it, Me but either. it was on Hulu. I think I didn't have Hulu at the time. I probably won't watch it to be honest. You know. I do think there is a a bit of um, this is just kind of like my comedy theory, I guess. There is something to do with rev- repetition that makes comedy work. Right. I think of shows like Family Guy that just have a formula that they use for every single episode, and they've been doing it for twenty two seasons, and it is the same thing every single time. It is, you know, and you love it, and I do love it. Um, Which is bizarre to me because that's the exact philosophy you have about The Office. That's true, but you don't love it. I mean, and I will say this, Family Guy for me is a bit like meme, you know? Oh, Family Guy meme, make me laugh, haha. 
Like, it's, of course, it's and, and and a lot of it too with Family Guy is it's it is well written and it has you know loudness and it has you know dark comedy as well. So like I I like those things, um, and like like I said, it is the same thing every time. With The Office, I I just feel like I don't like the awkward humor. And then it's awkward humor again and again and again mm-hmm. and again, and that's the joke. Again, I, I'm not saying that it's not for anybody. I'm not saying it's not funny, I guess, because obviously it is. It's like The Office is one of the most successful comedy shows of all time. It for, will forever be infamous. Everyone forever will love it. Same thing with Friends, it, you know, sitcom. Yeah. Like, that's just that's just the way it is. I mean, and that's And that's what I was going to – touch on is just how how much i love sitcoms in general that's where a lot of my comedy love is is things like friends and seinfeld and then the ones that don't have canned laughter like um new girl the office parks and rec Um, i'm going through arrested development right now they're all hilarious shows and they're so well written new girl is one of the most well-written shows for the characters that are in the show in my in my opinion, like Nick Miller and Schmidt are two of the greatest TV characters of all time to me. They are so funny. And then part of the comedy is you, you, you kind of watch them realize their faults through the show and make jokes around their faults until they come to a realization of kind of who they are. And then they make jokes from there like this. It's everything always comes full circle in some regard for these characters. And I love it. I just I love sitcoms. I've seen so many of them. And this is kind of where we where we both kind of part ways again. Yeah, you're not a big fan of sitcoms. <sighs> yeah, I don't, I don't know why. And I, I guess you can call Family Guy a sitcom. Um, yeah. And BoJack Horseman, another show I've talked about extensively on this podcast, would also be considered a sitcom. I I do like animated stuff a lot more than so. If it's animated, I'll, I'll probably absorb it better. Um. But yeah, I think I think it's um I don't know why I don't like them. It's just it's it's really again, Friends is my favorite show of all time. It's easily consumable cuz they're short episodes and I the ones that I love are just written very well. Yeah, I, you know? I guess if it has good writing, I guess I probably would like it a little more. I when I think of sitcoms, I I obviously think of The Office or I think of like Big Bang Theory. I love the Big Bang Theory. Uh, a lot of people like that show, and I have watched a lot of episodes of that show because it used to play in my living room all the time. And, yeah, it's not very funny to me. I love I, that show. I like, think it's so funny. Like, it's, again, it's kind of, it, I, I think it's a type of joke that's being told over and over again that does it for me. The Office is like, oh, these guys are awkward over and over and over again. And then Big Bang Theory is like, this guy's a virgin over and over and over again. <laughs> like, like that. And he, he's smart. He had big brain, you know, I, I guess like, like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's the entire show, I guess, mm. but if it's told more than twice, I'm like, okay, I'm over it. You know, it something that makes me laugh pretty hard, What's that? which I, I, I really couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to put a finger on it until yesterday. We watched two episodes of the Muppets. Yes. And, they were really funny. Guys, Kyle didn't really like know the Muppets. That that was just not a part of my household growing up, and so I never cared about them. Yeah. So I never had a disdain for the Muppets, but I just never 
I was new. I've always been neutral about the Muppets. Yeah. Like if people brought them up, it'd be like, oh, Muppets, they're fine. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and I, I happen to be a pretty big fan of the Muppets. I think, um, as like an art form, puppetry has been kind of dead for like since the seventies, mm-hmm. um, or I would say probably the eighties, because you know it was pretty big when I was a kid. You know, with Elmo and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up watching a lot of the Muppet movies. Elmo, especially. I used, I just. I used to love Elmo when I was a little kid. Um, and uh, when I got, we got the opportunity to watch it again, the, one of the more recent movies, I was like, yeah, let's watch it. And we watched it. We watched two episodes of the, of the newer uh, series. It was um, like 2015. Yeah. I think. And it's only the one season. It's got to be like on NBC or something. I can't remember where it aired. Anyways, I don't think anybody watched that because I'd never heard of it before. Um, but it was really, really, really funny. Yeah, and it's more—it's way more adult than I expected it to be, which is what made it so funny to me, is that these characters, who I obviously attribute to a children's show, were having very adult conversations and very adult themes that were happening throughout these episodes, and it was also very well written. Like, when a joke was supposed to land, it usually always did, and some of them very well. This is where I think you are a bit wrong about the Muppets in general. Now, Sesame Street, I can I can see you saying, yeah, it's a kid's show. I think of the Muppets as a family show. Okay. And not as like, as in like, you know, family can sit down and watch it and parents will kind of look away. I mean, like, there will be jokes that go right over the kid's head that the parents will get, and there are jokes for the kids, like, you know, slapstick comedy for the kids. Right, that's kind of how Aladdin is. Exactly. Like, like very cleverly written jokes for adults, that kids won't get and it's kind of inappropriate but like eh, who cares it's the Muppets it, they're little puppets talking like you know and that's why I've always attributed to a children's show again I never really had much experience with the Muppets other yeah. than the 3D show in Disney so I you know I see Muppets they're puppets and I'm like okay kid show yeah the Muppets are much more adult than you know people give credit for um, anything Jim Henson ever did was pretty pretty adult. I mean, like when like the the series dinosaurs often people talk yeah. about or dinosaurs. I think it's it's called you know very existential. It's about climate change, you know all this stuff. The 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 literally this spoiler alert if you haven't watched it. It's like been you know thirty years. Um, the show ends because the world's ending because of climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you know that's why the show exists. It, it's anyways. I I I think of those things as like more art than just you know kids show you know what right. I mean? obviously there are exceptions because you know there's muppet babies and sesame street and that's all very catered to younger kids but the muppets when legit. do you think for you personally can you pinpoint any point in your life where you were, where you had a realization that you were either funny or like you were funnier than you used to be, or like was there a point in your life where you were like realizing what your comedy was and that there were people that responded to it? That's a good question. Um, I have been yearning to make people laugh or to just entertain people as long as I can remember. Um, and there were always people in our friend group when I was younger um, that were funnier than me people who had more attention than yep. me. Um, and it was unfortunate, but that's just the way it was. I was the guy who was always laughing at the joke, not telling the joke. And I always wanted to be. Um, and I could always think about watching people like Robin Williams or Bill Cosby or um, 
gosh, like Brian, Brian Regan, people that I watched when I was a kid, mm-hmm. um, steal the show and like tell jokes. And I would always try and tell jokes and I never would get anybody to laugh at me. But when I became a teenager and um, I started getting a little more confident and trying to, you know, branch out and do like theater and stuff like that, I, I feel like I really try to make people laugh. And I feel, feel like people laughed a lot of my innocence. I was very innocent right. when I was that age and or oblivious or, um, you know, just kind of, uh, what's the word? Um, not ignorant. I was very ignorant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people would say things that go right over my head and I, I was kind of the butt of the joke. And that's when I realized, oh, I can be the butt of the joke and then people will laugh at me still. So I, I'll just make right. myself the butt of the joke. And I'll make it, I'll make myself self-aware of being the butt of the joke. Yes. And therefore people will see me as self-aware so that they're they'll feel free to laugh at me being the butt of the joke because yes. I know that I am. Yes. And that was my bit for a couple of years of high school. I, I seem to remember that being the thing. And then um, when I got really into watching like stand-up comedy and really studying it and like like actually really loving it, um, I started trying to craft, you know, some jokes and things and, you know, not write jokes. I guess I've never really taken a shot at like writing a special or writing some stand-up, but I feel like I could try now. Right. Because um, I do feel like I'm pretty funny now. I'm decently funny. I can imitate someone. You right. know what I mean? Like, like, and I and I do make people laugh pretty regularly, but again, there are times where I just, on the spot, I'm thinking of something and I, I just, it just falls flat. There was, <laughs> there was a time when we did fine arts when we were at church. And I forget what year it was, but there was a time where they where they were saying to us, next year, you know, some amount of categories are going to be added and some removed. And an added category was stand up comedy. They were adding that as a category, and I thought to myself, "Oh, I'm going to do this." Really? And I remember it's not on this phone. I think on my other phone, I had written out. I had a whole stand up thing that was obviously Christian themed, but and, and or just a clean stand-up special i had a whole thing written out and i was like i'm so gonna do this and then when we got the sheet to sign up for the categories we were doing i signed up for my normal ones human video spoken word vocal solo and i went to the comedy one and i was like i I, and then i went back to the notes and read it again and i was like hmm now i think this sucks he's a little more time in the oven (laughs) and so i didn't i so i didn't check the box i really wish you had it so you could just perform it for us right here oh Uh, (laughs) i would absolutely not do that you were 14 come on like i do (laughs) I might have been, I might have been even younger. Oh wow! It might have been the thirteen year old. No, no, I was probably fourteen, maybe. 15. Like, if you, like, are you talking about bowl cut, Kyle, or like, you know? I think it. It must have been early high school. I think I. I think I was. I had just freshly gotten rid of the bowl cut. Gotcha. I had just freshly gotten rid. Of, I didn't have a bowl cut. I had my beaver hair. Bowl cuts are way worse. Same thing. No, not the same thing. Bowl cut is what. Uh, what's his nuts head on Ned's to classify a school survival guide or, or, or me. Like I had a bowl cut. That's a bowl cut, but I had like the long, it swooped to the side, Justin Bieber hair, which is not a bowl cut. They're different. I just want that to be made very clear because bowl cuts suck. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't have one. That's my point. Okay. Just just because someone didn't put a bowl over your head doesn't mean you don't have a bowl cut. Well, you don't have a bowl cut if it's long, if it's long enough where it comes down over you and you're swooping it to the side. That is no longer a bowl cut. Okay. 
We'll talk about this another time. <laughs> Either way, your hair looked bad. <laughs> my hair looked great. What are you talking about? Oh, my My hair gosh. was fantastic. You were 13. Like, literally, like, no one cares. I, look, my hair looks fantastic. <laughs> you obviously care. You want to say it looked bad. I'm defending my younger self. I'll, I'll kick your neck off. I have time. other pictures of my young hair that were really awful. When it got cut way too short, that was awful. But I have pictures of the hair I'm talking about now, and it was magnificent, and I'm going to grow it back just to spite you. Go ahead. Grow, grow it back. Beaver it. I don't care. Oh, I'm so going to do this. <laughs> and then the first time we record this podcast with the video, I'm going to have long beaver hair, and everyone's going to get real mad at me because every five seconds I'm going to do my little head swivel to get the hair out of my eyes. I can't tell you how long it took to get rid of that habit, by the way, because I had my long hair for so long when I first cut it in high school. I must Probably for two months, I was probably unknowingly sitting at my desk doing schoolwork and doing my beaver flip and doing my flip with nothing to flip. That probably happened for at least two months, if I had to guess, mm. which I can't imagine being the person that's like sitting across the room from me, just kind of looking that way and seeing me with perfectly still short hair <laughs> flipping just nothing. Like, <laughs> twitching your head. <laughs> just do, doing the flip to nothing and then be like, is he okay? <laughs> you got I think you hear his voices. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. But yeah, I don't I don't have that. I don't have that stand up set anywhere it might be on the notes on my other phone Dude, but tis, tis, tis. it was so bad and you know what miraculously i've lost the uh first 15 pages pages of that uh that play I yeah <laughs> the freaking penguin emperor what was it called what I did we decide the name was don't remember i forget what it was it was something to do with the fact that penguins mate for life yeah that was what the title based itself on and i don't even know if that's like 100 percent true i don't even remember if i googled that or not to just verify <laughs> like, like i just kind of assumed I, I just believed you when you told me and i <laughs> well because i was like he, i was like you this is oh the this is the idea you've decided to write this play on so i'm gonna go ahead and assume <laughs> he at least googled this one sentence oh <laughs> to base this I entire would, play I on not be surprised if i just did it <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? We're not going to Google it. We're never going to know. <laughs> I also wrote a song for that. Yeah. And the, I, I vaguely, I vaguely remember it. And I, God. I, I remember doing that as well. One day I, I'm going to finish it. One day. <laughs> I, I've, 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 I've just, I've always written stuff, whether it be songs or I like, I've, I've written jokes and notes before outside mm. of that, like whole setup that I had written. Yeah. Um, I've always liked writing. I think that's why I look for writing and comedy so much because I like writing myself or I like when I'm telling a joke, I like to, I like to be able to speak properly and be able to use intelligent words while I'm telling a joke. So it's not, it doesn't feel as ignorant of a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I like cleverly written stuff and obviously Big, clever, smart words aren't needed, for, aren't needed for a cleverly written joke. For sure. But that's just kind of part of how I say jokes. And so I like – that's why I just like cleverly written stuff because I like to cleverly write if I'm going to write a joke. Yeah. So what, we're, what you're saying is that we should write a, we should write a con comedy special together. Yeah, we should write a comedy special together. Or we should just start doing a comedy scripted podcast, not let, unlike – I, no one else is doing it now. There are no other scripted podcasts that have come out recently. We would be the first <laughs> duo to be coming out with a scripted podcast. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get what you were saying first, but then I, yeah, there's a new, uh, we're going to advertise it. 
through our 25 listeners, <laughs> there's a new comedy po- podcast that's scripted uh, by Rhett Millie called Ronstadt. It's like a, a cyberpunk. Is it? It's like it's like comedy, kind of thriller, kind of just an expository Spooky. podcast um, where Rhett plays the guy named Ronstadt. And, you know, Link is obviously in it, Stevie and a bunch of other people are making appearances in the podcast. But it's just kind of something new that they're that they're going for yeah it seems very fun i haven't listened to it yet but i just assume that it's good yeah you don't we don't have to you know proof it beforehand it's right in link they're gonna be they've been around for so long and proven how clever they are for so long that i don't really need to listen to something they're doing to know that it's good exactly well where do we leave this off like do you have how long have we been going almost an hour okay what, what what do you think? Uh, do you have anything else you need to like specifically say about comedy? Yes. Okay. I well, I asked you. I I have a very specific pinpoint of where I kind of stopped being unfunny. Hmm. I don't know that I started being funny at this point. I just remember stopping being unfunny. I don't remember the exact context, but I was probably ten or eleven, and you know, at those younger ages, there were times where. I would just kind of stay the night at my grandma's house. And uh, if my cousins were in town, we would just kind of, you know, we'd, we'd have a sleepover and we'd just go to my grandma's house. And my cousin, uh, whose name is Dylan, who listens to this. Hey, bud. Hey, Dylan. He bud. was always he and his he and his dad were always very funny people, even at that young of an age. And I just I don't remember not being funny. I just remember not being funny you know like i wasn't actively funny and i wasn't actively awful either but i just remember we were having just a lot of fun at this one particular sleepover that we were having and i would i was actually making him laugh with you know just the way the the day was going and just certain contexts like i was actually making him laugh the same way that he was making me laugh and it just felt like a like it was it was a good time like i felt like i I felt like I understood more about what was making him laugh specifically. And then I remember for the next two weeks, I was making my siblings laugh more than I typically did. And I, I, I just remember thinking for that two weeks, like I was on top of the world. I was, I, I was like, I, I can make people laugh now for whatever reason. This night, like this 36 hours that I spent with my cousin at my grandma's house, for some reason has enlightened me in the world of comedy. And now I'm walking around with the golden knowledge of how to do what it is that I've been trying to do. The formula. Yeah, I have the formula now for getting the giggles out of other people. And then, I mean, I obviously started growing it from there. And then, you know, there, I I think I kind of leaned on this. For, I talked about earlier, something I've leaned on for a long time is just sarcastically making fun of people. Right. But there was this there was a time in high school. I was my senior year, I believe. I had this friend named Demonte. And he and I would make jokingly racist remarks to each other. Because Demonte was black and obviously I was white. And so we would just whenever something happened. Do you know if Demonte is still black? Cause I know you're still white, because I know you I know I mean, long. I know that he was. Um I I haven't talked to him in a while. Um, I would have to find out, but 
I, I know that he was senior year. <laughs> Sorry, I, could, I couldn't finish it. <laughs> senior year? Okay, that mean he couldn't have changed that quickly. No, like, yeah. So, but... Yeah, okay. He's still black. Yeah, that he, probably. It There's was, a good chance. <laughs> <laughs> we... I don't know how it started either, but anytime something happened with either of us, it was only to us specifically. Like, we've never made racist remarks jokingly about anybody else except each other, which other people still didn't really find it that funny. Only us two really found it funny. And we would always do it in Miss Rushmeyer's class because mm -hmm. she was kind of lax. You know, she would still, like, give us the eye when we made jokes, but I had, like, 180 in her class, so she didn't really care. Yeah, that's true. But anytime anything happened to either of us that could even slightly be attributed to the fact that he was black or I was white, we were going to say it really no matter what it was and it was the only time like racism has ever really been a part of my humor and it was only because it was somebody who was accepting it that was like taking it and dishing it back and we both thoroughly enjoyed it yeah which i still don't know if that's technically okay because like i see a lot of people that are just not a fan of like joking like sarcastically racist jokes because that's still feeding into racism yeah which Obviously, I understand. I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this other than to say that I, it was it was just a time where specifically racism towards DeMonte and his racism towards me was funny to us and really only to us, not really anybody else around us. Like, like I said uh, before about things like 9-11 jokes or like a Holocaust joke, right? Um I think personally that people cope in different ways, right? People respond to things in different ways. When the Holocaust was happening, we went to war. When 9-11 happened, we went to war. But there were other people who made jokes about it. Right. There are other people who, you know, didn't change at all. That You know, those things happened and they stayed their ways. And there are people who remember those times who completely changed their ways. And there are people who made jokes about it. Racism is the exact same way to me, or sexism, or any of those things. They're all the exact same to me. People will respond to those, um, those horrible things that have happened to people over the past thousands of years in their own ways. People will march, people will protest, people will do things, and people will make jokes. Um, people will say, the morale, like, is it moral to make jokes about that? Is it... It, like Bo says, it, should I be making jokes at a time like this when we're all locked up in our houses, like alone by ourselves? Like, should I be making jokes? And the obvious answer, of course, is yes, you should be making jokes because if you don't, comedy will die. Mm. It will. Um, if, if there isn't somebody to push that boundary, um, I think it, it will. Just because it's not funny to you doesn't mean it's not a joke or that it's not funny. Um, just like The Office, right? The Office is not funny to me. But to other people, it's hilarious. It's their their favorite thing to watch. So I, I I personally think that is important that we keep pushing these boundaries and making things more and more like, oh, should I be laughing at this? It's kind of scandalous. It's kind of, you know, raunchy. And of course there are also people who are taking back some of their jokes that they've said in the past. Like right. That that they have deemed now that have aged poorly or that are, you know, inappropriate now. And I think that is a good – I think that's a good thing as well. If you're looking at retrospect and you say, oh, this joke was aged horribly or I said something wrong here 20 years ago, 10 years ago, I think it's perfectly fine to take it back. 
There are people who say, I'll never take my jokes back. And I think that's fine too. If you feel guilty about it, like, <laughs> I don't want to spoil that. Never mind. Uh, I was going to talk about Bo's bit and oh, yeah, yeah. special. I, I, the point is, if you want, if you want to tell a joke, tell it. And if it doesn't land, it doesn't land. Or if it, if it's, you know, deemed, so question answer. Which I find the answer to be easy, but I've read some stuff that I think is interesting. Do you believe comedy is fully subjective? Um, explain with smaller words. I don't know what, how much smaller, but like you know, like I just want to make sure I'm. I'm and I'm, I'm want to sure I want to make sure I'm understanding the question you're asking. Do you believe that comedy is always yes or no? This isn't funny, and there's a hard truth to all comedy, or that it's subjective in that all people will find all things differently funny and that something is always going to land for somebody. I think for the most part, comedy is almost fully subjective. Um, the only exceptions I would see is maybe like punny comedy or slapstick, you know, like those things for some people. Well, I guess those would be the opposite. Those, those would be the, the, you know, unanimous people always will laugh at that. Right. I mean, like, and there are, there are some like obviously there's always some people who will never laugh at that. So it's fully subjective. But I because I've read some stuff because I, I think comedy is fully subjective. That's kind of always been the crux of when people talk about comedy. They're like, that joke wasn't funny. And it's like, ah, comedy is subjective. It wasn't funny to you. But some people will argue that if a if there's a joke or, you know, there's some setup that was intended for a specific audience and it doesn't in it doesn't induce any response from that audience, then objectively it wasn't funny. However, there is some other audience that would most likely find that setup funny, right. which therefore does make it subjective, but because it was intended for a different audience, it's objectively unfunny, Yeah, which is an interesting way to look at it. I mean, just because someone's a jerk and they're making a joke doesn't mean that they aren't quote-unquote funny. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there are people who are clearly are jerks and people who are making jokes at other people's expense. We kind of talked about that when we we're talking about like tricking people, right? Mm. You know, that whole, that whole conversation we had, right? Um, I don't particularly like people making, you know, a fool out of somebody. And I don't think that's very funny sometimes, but there are people who obviously do. That's the reason why your uncle does it to you all the time. Yeah. And that was that. And, and that was something else that kind of, I guess, drove me to try and be more comedic is that when I was younger, my cousin, and my uncle, we're just very, they were already very cool. And so they, and we talked about this before when I made my correction, they, they, it was, it was easy to make me the butt of the joke, especially after I fell into the river seven years in a row at Thanksgiving, accidentally every single time. It was just always hilarious. So me being the butt of the joke was funny for everyone except for me. And then at some point I was like, I don't want this anymore. I want to not be doing this anymore. Yeah. But I still do like to trick people. That's still very funny. <laughs> Even though I was, I think it was because I was, I think I was too young to be constantly the butt of the joke to where I found it enjoyable. So I'll trick people that are of a more mature age because that's right. fun. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't make the, a child the butt of the joke repeatedly because that's damaging. Uh, I think it's more of a reason to make a child. <laughs> I love making fun of children. How else will they learn? How else will they learn? <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Do you um, think you're going to find yourself writing anytime soon? Just to, I, I don't know, get get 
comedic juices flowing for yourself. Well, I was going to talk about that. I think this special that Bo just put out really inspired me um, to write. Because um, I, I really don't know when I'm going to be locked up in my house for a year next. Right. Um, and I, I really have been kind of complacent. And I really just need to start doing something rather than, you know, waiting for things to happen upon me. Right. Um, so I, I say that, like I say, I, I say that and it's a lot easier to say that and actually do it, but I really do need to start, you know, at least trying to write something, create something, mm. do something because I cannot be in a nine to five for the rest of my life. That's just not for me. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it is for you. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do you say that Kyle? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Only with the constant stories you come back with every time you come from a a, a a simple work job. There's always there's always something. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, and I think work kind of induces your screaming comedy the most. Every time you come back with like a frustration story, it's always with just. So much yelling. Every time you tell a story of frustration when you come home from work, I expect a knock on the door from the neighbors to say, hey, quiet down. Or, hey, someone okay in yeah. there? <laughs> it said anyone died recently. I don't know how our neighbors have not told us to shut up yet. I, dude, it baffles me. Because even when you're not here, like, I'll be practicing singing a song or something. And obviously, sometimes I got to sing kind of loud to hit the notes that I want to hit. Yeah. No one ever is like, quiet down over there. I've never had that experience. I guess just maybe because we are um, in a house that doesn't have a lot of the, I don't know, like. Uh, I mean, we only have the one wall that we share with the people next to us. I don't really know how thick that wall is. Maybe it's thicker than we think. It must be. Because, dude, I, we are so incredibly loud over here. Yeah. That's kind of crazy. Especially you. <laughs> Me? Are you serious? Come on. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, let me take a look at the uh, title of our podcast here. <laughs> one of them is for you. One of those words is. Right. And then one of those words is for me. I think that's how it works, right? Right. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure the 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 bigger one here. The one that says. Uh, I think it's a scream. I'm pretty sure that one is for you. Gotcha. So, yeah, I'm going to say you're the loudest. Well, so if ever we get a, if ever we get a noise complaint, if I'm here and I get a noise complaint and they're like, we got a noise complaint a couple of days ago about you guys. I'm going to go. Wasn't me. It was my roommate. Damn roommate. Kick him out. <laughs> <sighs> so where, where do we want to end this at Kyle? Um, I think pinpoint who you probably would say is kind of your biggest comedic inspiration. If you can pinpoint one or like who, I don't, I don't know, influenced you the most into your comedy. For me, I think it's Tim Hawkins, Tim Hawkins, which we haven't talked much about him, but I would say he's kind of, for me, he's almost like almost original Bo Burnham. They're obviously very, fairly different, but Tim Hawkins was the kind of the first one that I ever saw to really lean into musical comedy the oh, way yeah. that Bo does. And Tim Tim Hawkins was that original guy for me, and I'm a big fan of musical comedy, and I've tried to do some of that myself, um, and just the way that he, that just the way that he sets up jokes in general, I just find really funny. So that's the guy I'm going with. It's so hard to pick one because I love 
and hold dear to so many comedians. Yeah. Um, but the one who's probably inspired me the most, um, would probably be Robin Williams. Um, everything he does is amazing. Yeah. And, uh, he will forever leave a legacy in comedy and the world just because he's amazing. I absolutely love him. Yeah. I wish he was still around. Yeah. And it is probably one of the best compliments you can ever give me. And I have received this a few times from other people is that they are, I remind them of Robin Williams mm. when I talk or do things. Yeah. Um, and even that, even that sounds like I'm imitating him and that I, I shouldn't be like, you know, like just ripping off his bits or whatever. Right. But that still is the best compliment like I've ever received. Like you remind me of him. I'm like, how is that <laughs> even possible? He is so out there and, you know, special. How? You, you could know? be genie in live action Aladdin too. Oh God, no. <laughs> the quest for the missing magic carpet. I don't know what Aladdin two was. Oh, I don't remember, but it, it was Homer, uh, genie. Cause remember Robin was yeah. with Disney. So mm -hmm. they put, they, they had the guy who voices Homer. Do <laughs> <genie> <laughs> instead. Yeah. That's funny. But Robin, rest in peace. Love I love Robin guy. Williams. Love that guy. Um, so what do you say we uh we give it the old wrap it up? You know give the old wrap. Thank you everybody for listening. Man, you guys have such great ears. It's good having you here. I'm so Let glad. us know who inspired or influenced you the most. Stand up comedians, regular comedians, someone in a Yeah. I will say outside of stand up comedy with Tim Hawkins, I think what influenced my comedy the most is Chandler Bing. In Friends, because he is one of the funniest characters like in all of TV for me. And I just I wanted to be I just want to be as funny as Chandler Bing. Yeah. And that so that was a big influence for me as well. I think outside of a real person that exists for stand up right. com comedy him. So, you know what? Let us know if there's a, a character or a comedian influences you. And you know what? Rate yourself on a scale of one to ten of how funny you think you are. Yeah, we that's your homework assignment. We, yeah, and, we all want to hear back from you. And I want I want a rating and then I want to get I want I need a why. As gonna I'm gonna rate yourself and why. You know, they I can't just and give me And then we're gonna rate you. Yeah, we're gonna rate you based on how you explain yourself. Because if the explanation is not well done, we're just gonna dock you like a good three points for what you gave yourself. So and then you will go back once we've rated you, you're gonna rate our podcast five stars you five stars to. on apple podcast and get leave us a review you yeah. know all the good stuff you for have the algorithm to do that. and then after that we're gonna give you a treat because <laughs> you worked really hard yeah, after that send us your address pizza party <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah we'll send you our address you can come over we'll have a pizza party cool definitely we'll see you next week guys later skaters